Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Song Stories is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Song Stories, a new iHeartRadio podcast where we try to figure out how do you make a hit? To answer this not-so-simple question, we're sitting down with some of the biggest names in music. They're going to take us through the life cycle of a song, from studio to stage and everything in between. My name's Jordan Runtog. Thank you so much for listening. This season, we're talking to Phineas, the singer, songwriter, and producer extraordinaire. By age 24, he's helped define the sound of contemporary pop through the work he's done with a host of artists. Justin Bieber, Camila Cabello, Selena Gomez, Halsey, Kid Cudi, and most notably, his sister, Billie Eilish. They famously recorded Billie's breakthrough debut, 2019's When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, in the bedroom of their childhood home, and home recording has more or less been his M.O. ever since. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Phineas is one of the most visible beneficiaries of the recent democratization of technology. It's a seismic shift that's affected essentially every artistic medium, including film, photography, and publishing. Self-producing records is no longer limited to those who can afford costly equipment. These days, you don't need a studio or a $10,000 microphone to make a good-sounding record. In fact, you probably have everything you need available on whatever you're using to listen to this podcast. During our chat, Phineas talked about the tools he uses to stay inspired and make the music that he hears in his head. He's pretty unprecious for a budding pop guru. It could be a cheap backpacker's guitar, obscure drum machine, or something a little weirder. Phineas is notorious for using more unconventional sounds in his music. If you listen close to his work, you'll hear dentist drills, beeps from a crosswalk signal, and a struck match, among other things. If it serves the song and its emotions, it's going in. On this episode of Song Stories, Phineas takes us through the nitty-gritty of hit-making. Over the course of the discussion, I'll be joined by my friend, colleague, and executive producer, Noel Brown, who's a talented musician and songwriter in his own right. He'll be able to bring a new perspective and fresh insights to our conversation. On behalf of us both, please enjoy. 
is your room like? It, what can you give a little quick like audio tour of your uh, of your yeah. workspace? Yeah, I'm using the um, Amphions, which are on the Substack. That's my sort of go-to monitoring. Um, I run everything through the the Apollo, the UAD Apollos. Um, I have a, a Chandler Red microphone, which is what I use for my own voice and some other singers. And then I record Billy through a, a Telefunken 251. Um, and then I have a I, I'm sitting at my desk, which is like not a it's not an analog console, but it's it's a console desk in that it's it's wired up. It has my you know compressor units, my preamps, my Nord, um, but I'm still you know 99 in the box. Nice, very cool. And this question is going to give away the fact that I've never successfully written a song in my entire life. But I'm always curious when talking to people who are blessed with the ability to do so, what compels you to sit down and write a song? Is it a desire to connect with other people? Or is it almost like an exorcism? You have something inside that you need to get out of you. And if you were on a desert island, you'd be writing just as much. There's a little bit of that. I mean, to me, you know, I uh, I feel like I I sit down to write a song the way that I think most people, at least in their their youth, like doodle on a piece of paper. You know what I mean? Like you have a piece of paper in front of you, and you have a pen, and you you know draw stuff, and um, you know maybe you're inspired, maybe you're looking out the window, maybe you draw what you're seeing out the window. But but even if you were in a you know on a plane sitting there bored you'd 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 use your imagination to me it's using my imagination um and then there are instances of like you know true sort of like needing to articulate something that's happened to me personally um but you know i just i yeah i have a, i have an itch i have a i have the creative itch that's sort of the main thing and um i think also like making music i was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day, like, like making music is the thing that consistently brings me the most fulfillment. And so sometimes even if, if maybe I don't, like, if I'm uninspired, I'll still sort of, like, sit down to try. Maybe nothing will come out, but I'll sit down to try because sometimes you surprise yourself and you write something that you're proud of, and then you have this sort of, like, glow about you of, like, oh, I made something. So, yeah, I would sort of say that, like, I'm not, tremendously precious about writing. I don't wait for like the the muse to hit me or whatever, quote unquote. You know, um sometimes it does. Sometimes I I am very inspired and and that is wonderful and lucky, but it's like I don't I don't put too much stock into that. I feel like, you know, you can always make something. Do you find yourself like if you maybe take a sound first approach with this doodling, whether maybe you're not writing lyrics first, you're more like trying to get some things down like a sketchbook and then you find yourself almost inspiring yourself just with the timbre of things. Like I know you're into, you know, using unconventional materials for sampling like lighters, yeah. and, you know, things like that. Do you find yourself kind of like hearing things within the abstract things that you sort of use as building blocks and from there find your way to like, oh, here's a melody that I didn't even necessarily think about. It just kind of presented itself from what I laid down. That's a great way to articulate it. Yeah, for sure. I feel like what I'm always looking for is tools to inspire me, right? So if that's the sound of a hand knocking on a door, if that's, you know, um, some phrase that my my dad said in passing that I thought was sort of poetic and, and worth, you know, singing, uh, you know, anything that inspires me, I feel like that's 
I haven't talked about this with a lot of people, so I don't know if this is true for you, but that that to me is one of the challenges with having written now hundreds of songs is, is you know, if you're not sort of focusing on it the right way, like a, a G chord on a guitar that maybe once held all this inspiration for you as a new musician, like you've, you've written 20, 30 songs with just that G chord, and so it's like that chord alone may not inspire you the same way. So it's like, ooh, let me let me buy a little toy synthesizer on eBay and play some sound and go like, ooh, that's a different way to hear it. And then you, you know, just anything that re-inspires you. Um, and sometimes it's like a, it's like a sort of a cyclical thing where you you get away from that simple G chord, you do some other stuff, and then you come back and there's new inspiration in it. So, you know, I think... Um, I think it's always to me about like tools for inspiring myself. That's like what I'm, that's what I'll, that's what, you know, is sort of a, anything that does that is like essentially priceless, right? Like, you know, I could buy, I could buy the most expensive guitar and, you know, if it doesn't inspire me, it's not worth it. Or I could buy a toy guitar and it could, you know, inspire me and it's 60 bucks and it's like invaluable. So that's sort of what I'm, what I'm always looking for is like a catalyst for inspiration. Kind of a conduit. Uh, there, there, there's um. If, yeah. if, speaking of inspiration, if you haven't seen this, I highly recommend it on YouTube. Um, there's a series of British television programs called the South Bank Show. Um, I haven't seen it. There's ones about artists. There's ones about Francis Bacon. There's one about Talking Heads making fear of music. And the one for me that is just the quintessential like you know, inspiration 101 is Peter Gabriel making security and he's got this oh, Fairlight shoot. sampler, like, which is like at the time was probably like 50 grand. It's like, you know, unachievable <laughs> yeah. piece of tech that like only people like Peter Gabriel could have in his like estate in Bath. And he's doing yeah. things that you can now do in Ableton, like, you know, recording, yeah. like smashing a TV in a junkyard. And then right. he makes it into this loop and it becomes this tone. And then he writes yeah. the song around the tone. And like, how do you feel about the kind of, democratization of technology and the availability of like folks like yourself from where you started. And I think you probably haven't veered yep. too far off of that course, just being able to do it in a bedroom, do it with these like yeah. widely available tools. And you really don't need a massive studio anymore. It's nice to right. have cool pre's and toys, but ultimately the creative tools are in the computer. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the sort of, yeah. What did you call it? The democratization of, of, of these sort of, tools at your disposal it's like it's so exciting because it it just means that the best idea wins right it, you know you I, I read outliers when i was 13 or 14 and um you know there's there's so much circumstance in people people's lives right like bill gates grew up within the the mile radius of like one of the only computers that anyone in the country could have access to learn computing on one of those computers that took up a whole building in bill gates youth you know and bill gates spent years, you know, sort of with this with this super rare privilege at his disposal of like being able to have access to something no one else had access to and it's like, you know, that just means that a lot of people who would otherwise be brilliant who don't have the, you know, tools at their fingertips, you know, aren't going to be able to get the experience that you need to get good at something. So, I'm so excited that it's getting easier and easier for kids to 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 you know make music and use these tools that are you know readily available and, and really is sort of a best idea wins scenario you know and even though like the the MacBook Pro that I use is fairly expensive by you know a lot of people's standards you know it's not it's not fifty thousand dollars and 
And then also, I remember like a couple, maybe a year or two into my burgeoning career when I was like 20, I was working with a kid named Ethan and he had made a, a song that I was really impressed by. And I said like, what did you use? Logic, Ableton, Pro Tools. And he was like, I made it on an iPad. And I remember... Like I, I have never made a, I've never made an instrumental on my iPad, but I remember being like, oh, hell yeah! Like I love that, I love that you can take this thing that's you know an even more pared down piece of hardware slash software, you know, and make something awesome on it. So it's a thrill to me, you know, and it's a, uh, you know, again, it's like just, just, just easier to be inspired, I think. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store, clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You're at the point in your career where you could have, you know, any resource really available, I imagine, a whole wall of Mellotrons, a 90-piece orchestra, yeah. whatever, you know, m analog thing that you wanted. Do you right. have any desire to, to expand your sonic palette like that, or do you really have everything that you need just in your laptop? 
I, uh, I, I've over the last 18 months, you know, purchased some gear I either couldn't afford when I was younger or just, you know, hadn't learned. And, um, it's, it's twofold, right? There's like gear that I, you know, couldn't afford. And then there's also just the, the understanding component. You know what I mean? If I get a analog compressor unit, it's like, that's only going to be as useful as, as I'm able to, to make it useful. So Anytime I purchase anything like that, I have to devote some some time and and energy to to really learning and understanding it, um, you know. And then the caveat there is sometimes my lack of understanding of something is what's interesting about it. Sometimes if I use a, a piece of of equipment wrong, the misuse of it will create some interesting sound or texture, and I love that. So, yeah, I mean, I've expanded it. You know, I, I I've never. I've never had some kind of like complex about it. You know, I don't have some sort of like, you know, uh, I don't use any old gear. I don't use any analog stuff. Like, I don't have like a sort of a, I'm not precious about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really sort of like, you know, ascribe any, any inherent, uh, value to that stuff beyond what you can do with it. Right. It's like I, I have the benefit of like having made songs I'm proud of with the most pared down setup and then it's like, you know, there's a lot of instances now where I, you know, have have made uh songs I'm also proud of with with complicated, you know, sort of vintagey uh gear setups. You know, to me, what what I'll always value above anything else is expedience. Like that to me, like the quickness of something is like always what I'm after. And I'm I'm in this whole thing right now this week, which is driving me crazy where I'm trying to um move all my stuff from one computer to a new computer and it's like oh dude in the music world like with plugins and stuff it is oh, such yeah. a bear to do that <laughs> and you know it's like one of those things where if i have a day where i i've you know have a task to accomplish i have to make a, a song it's like I, I can't spend two hours that day screwing around with logins for plugins and authorizing them in an iLock. It's like, I'm just going to use my old computer because it's the one that works. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I feel about gear too. It's like the guitar that I'm going to play the most on my album is the guitar that I can reach over here and grab. It's like, it doesn't have much to do with whether it's the nicest guitar I've ever played or whatever. It's just what's closest to me. What can I pick up? What can I play the best, you know? And, um, and I guess to me, that's like, you know, what what can help me articulate my idea the fastest is always what I'm gonna, you know, place the most value on. I think that's true for a lot of my favorite artists like Radiohead. If you look at, you know, the gear they use, none of it's particularly fancy. Like if you look at their pedal boards, it's like all stuff like the old line six green looper that everyone used because it's like Isn't a workhorse cool? and it just kicks ass and does this that. one thing really well. And like they yep. just use these cool little Vox amps and like Tom York, yeah. he has a nice Gibson that he uses every now and then, but he mainly plays like the same kind of guitar that he's always played. And Johnny Greenwood has this like, you know, Starcaster, like it's, it's vintage yeah. and cool, but he just plays it because that's the one that he feels the the most comfortable with. Um, I love what you said about yeah. gear using things wrong. I would almost argue <laughs> that that is how most sonic gear came to be used interestingly is like a, like a compressor was yeah. built as a broadcast tool to like level out signals so that commercials weren't you know wild widely louder right. than like the other thing in the program but then someone figured right. out how to oh what if i crank up the gain and make it distort and then turn the threshold yeah. up so it like pulses that'd be cool yeah. but then some yeah. parents would be like no 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 you could break it that's the wrong but that's ultimately what we think of as a compressor now i mean can you speak a little more to those kind of happy accidents or sort of like yeah. you know just getting your your hands dirty by kind of like using 
getting things wrong or just like letting the kind of warts shine through? Because I think that's what makes a lot of music yeah. really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've sort of become a little known as a producer for for like the what's called like digital clipping, which mm-hmm. is like when when the signal strength is too too high and it sort of kicks in and and that stems from from just being inexperienced, right? Just being young and and not understanding how to how to limit signal correctly. And so I was just letting stuff clip. And then over the years, you know, it's it's just like a guitar on overdrive or a, a, a you know a, a voice screaming or something, right? So, you know, like the the best example I can give is like there's a, a song of Billy's called Zanny, and um, there's a there's a thing that happens. There there was like compilations on YouTube anyone can look up called R.I.P. Headphones, which is basically like sub bass. It's smacking like a, a limiter will distort the high end of things in this fabulous kind of like granular, mm-hmm. like because bass is like only heard with a subwoofer really like when bass blasts through like the high end of a signal on a sort of a, you know, a tinny speaker, the voice kind of like crumbles, like the voice goes like, and it's really cool. And I basically was like using, I, I was making the song Zanny and I wanted the bass to come in in the chorus and just blow out the vocal but I sort of was like, that's kind of all or nothing. And also, like, ultimately, I after I finish producing a song, I send the files to a mixer. The mixer mixes them, and then the mixer sends them to a mastering engineer, the mastering engineer, whatever. <clears throat> and so I was like, how do I achieve this vocal effect without, you know, having it be this, like, you can only hear it when the bass and the vocal are being played at the same time, and they're both being played you know, with a limiter on them. Like, how do I do this? And so I realized that in the digital age, there's there's a plugin called R Compressor by by Waves. And and you can do a thing called side chaining. And side chaining I've used a lot. And so side chaining is like it takes the signal from something else and it compresses your track or it uses it as the threshold to duck or increase the volume based on the signal from something else. So it's how you get all that trance dance, like mm-hmm. where the kick hits and the synth goes boom, up, 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 like it's all sort of corresponding compression. It's taking the signal strength from this ducking this thing down. So it has this kind of pump, which is really cool. And I basically realized that because it's we're in a digital era, you could sidechain a signal and then mute the signal and the coding of the compressor would still interpret it even though it's muted. So it was like it was like taking like the data which is such a cool phenomenon that like I don't I could be wrong. I didn't grow up in the analog era, but I don't think you could do that in the analog era because it's physical sort of like sound, right? It's not it's not data. So I realized that you could put this plugin on the vocal, sidechain the bass, and then mute the bass, but as long as the signal hypothetically is hitting the compressor, it's still blowing out the vocal even though there's no bass. And it was just this like aha moment of like how, like I I created this thing. I was so proud of it. And then I bounced that a couple of times and got the comp worked out and then it was just like this great discovery of like this thing that you know they they never meant to to make happen here's the other example i have this synthesizer um over here called an ace tone top six that's a japanese synth from i think the 80s or 70s um that thing has some of the best sub bass i've ever heard in my life on it and I know, 
because of PA systems that they didn't know how good the subwoofer was when they made it. And to me, that's like, what's cooler than that? Like, what's cooler than making a synth and thinking like, this is pretty cool. And then you you take, you know, 30, 40 years in the future and it's got this epic sub sound that, that they, they weren't even aware of. Like, it's so exciting to me. No, great. Well put, man. It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I mean, touching earlier on what you were talking about with all these sort of unorthodox sounds, like you know, an Australian crosswalk beep yeah. or or lighting a match yeah. or something. How how does those how do those work for you? Do you have an arsenal of sound effects that you just find really interesting that you pull from, or do you have a sound in your head that you're trying to create through any means necessary? Necessary, be it a piano or you know a a, a traffic beep. Like how do you how do you work with those? Threefold. One of the, you know, the the primary one is like experimentation. You know, I uh, trying to find something exciting and interesting, right? So maybe that's 
listening through a bunch of sounds I've recorded and finding something and modulating it and going, oh, that's now that's exciting and interesting to me. That's kind of experimental, inspiring myself. The second one is like sort of the the literal interpretation of a song. You know, there's a lot of a lot of songs I have. Uh, especially done with Billy, where there's like lyrics about something burning, and I'm like, oh, let me light a matchstick and then turn that into a, a beat. And that's kind of like a literal interpretation and then trying to make it as musical as possible. And then the third example is just like hearing something out in the world and thinking it's awesome and recording it and then figuring out how to use it. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, oh, that's that's awesome. Let me record it. <laughs> a lot of the recording I do is like, recording with nothing in mind recording and just kind of going like i'll record five minutes while i'm walking through portland and then i'll listen to it tomorrow and i'll see if there's a good moment in there but then there there are these sort of like like my girlfriend has like a a drawer in her closet that makes this like boop sound when you open it like some frictiony sound i'm always like dude i gotta sample that i gotta turn that into some component of a rhythm so that's just like sometimes there are sounds that you just hear that you think are super cool I just dropped it in the chat, by the way, if you're interested in this Peter Gabriel thing that I'm going to never Thank stop you. talking about. He uh, has this quote where he says that in the history of great songs, there have been dozens, hundreds with awful lyrics, but there have never been any that sound bad. <laughs> it's something, I'm not quite getting it right, but it's something along those lines. And it very much speaking to the the kind of attitude that you're bringing forth. And I think, you know, you can yeah. definitely have some cringe yeah. lyrics or unintelligible lyrics but if they hit a mood or click with the sonics then it can totally be its own thing yeah i i respectfully not not that peter gabriel is any slouch he's amazing but i i would you know i disagree i feel like there's there's a lot of songs that are huge hits that on a sort of a technical level sound bad or at the very least are like poorly recorded engineered but they have they have that that vibe that feeling they have the greatest vocal or they have great lyrics or great melody so i feel like there's there's a lot i feel like what there what there isn't is a hugely popular song with with uh uh, uninteresting melody and lyrics like those two things at least one of those two things always present you know what i mean like yeah it's very true that there are songs i mean there's there's also a whole litany of of you know songs from other countries that i don't understand a word of that i am obsessed with and think are amazing but it's like yeah you know um i I love the aesthetic of it but you know on a on a technical level the first couple strokes albums which are some of my favorite albums are recorded in very unorthodox ways the drums are recorded with super pared down mic setup they're all compressed to shit and they're you know the and it's awesome. It's a great vibe, but it's definitely not like you probably would not get your degree at a recording school with that record, even though it's amazing and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be different. Um, you know, so I, I, that stuff all in, but the Strokes is actually the reason I reference the Strokes is the Strokes is one of the things that made me want to start producing music because there was something. I was responding to it so emotionally. I loved the music. I loved the way it sounded. But I could tell that there were imperfections and there were flaws. And I think sometimes you listen to some incredible, you know, like Butch Vig album or something, and it sounds it sounds so amazing that there's this kind of like, I could never do this feeling. Like these drums are so flawless and the guitars are amazing. And, you know, he's such a master at his craft. And I think there's something about like the Strokes album um, come down machine that like sounded like they made it in a bedroom, even if they didn't, and made me go like, "Oh my god, I, 
I could make something like this, and I love this album, so I could make something that I love and I'm proud of. It's almost um, like what punk rock did for like people that wanted to be yeah. in bands versus like people that want to produce records. It's like, oh, this is like the yeah, punk totally rock the aesthetic. You know, I can I can achieve yeah. this with my yeah. you know meager talents. And then obviously you've gotten to a place where you've expanded way beyond that. But I would still argue Thanks. that these imperfections and these kind of wrong yeah. things are, it's are what makes good stuff magical, and they yeah. sound good. Totally. Like there's the, what I, I totally was saying. Agree. Yeah, that's that's all I was getting. At. I think that's what Gabriel was getting into with that quote. Like, yeah, if something's recorded badly and it just doesn't pop, that's that's different than if something's recorded kind of in a raunchy forward way and totally yeah. matches with the vibe or the aesthetic yeah. or the or the yeah. The, the worst way you can do something in music is is a lifeless way. Yes, that's the worst. The worst thing you could make is something that doesn't evoke emotion you know and and it can be perfectly quantized and beautifully mixed and beautifully mastered but if it doesn't have a emotional component if it doesn't elicit a response then you've then you've failed you know and if you've elicited a response it could be the worst mix or it could be the yeah it's it's just about that that human reaction Song Stories is a production of iHeartRadio. The show was hosted and executive produced by Noel Brown and Jordan Runtog with supervising producer Mike Johns. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review. For more from iHeartRadio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss in the land of saints and sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.